Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Dawn Gaden. She is the CEO of Mind Body Counseling and Coaching. She's also an international speaker, a counselor, and a best-selling author. Welcome, Dawn. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Great to be here. I'm doing wonderful. I'm awesome, and I'm just so happy to have you here with me, and I'm excited to jump in and start sharing your story and your journey with everyone. So with that being said, let's jump right in. As I mentioned, you are all of these things. You wear all of these hats. How long have you been a counselor, Don? Yeah, I, from the get-go. I went to college in 1989 <laughs> and went on to my master's degree after I graduated with my bachelor's and have been doing it ever since. I feel like I set it up to be just perfect where mm-hmm. I wanted a family and I wanted a career. And so when I got my license, I worked like 10 hours a week and was able to be home and raise my kids. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to keep my license. I wanted to have that, in a sense, independence to have my own career. And so it was not that long ago I went full time because my kids are bigger now and (laughs) and can sort of, they don't need me all day long. But have always been on this path. So what inspired or motivated you to follow that particular career path and become a counselor? Yeah. So Interesting enough, right? Growing up in a family where I was the caregiver, I I was the fix-it person. And I thought, well, I'm good at this. Let's do some more of it, right? (laughs) And then you start exploring your own personal growth and areas of needing some love and care and realize, well, I can't always be the one that's giving. I have to learn how to take care of myself as well. And that really hit home my freshman year in college when I found myself with insomnia and panic attacks and anxiety. And I thought, well, how am I going to help other people if I'm struggling here? You know, this person who has anxiety, for me, this was my story, can't be the one that helps others. So I had to figure out how to solve that. And Back in 1989, it was go to your doctor if you have a problem. And so showed up at the doctor's office and they said, here's a pill that will help you. Of course, here's the prescription. Take these. (laughs) And I thought, that doesn't fit for me because that means then this pill would have to be the thing that solves this problem. And I didn't feel like that was really a long-term sustainable option. And I thought, that's not what's missing for me is a, a pill. And I thought, well, I need to figure out how to grow and how to become who I want to be in a different way. And so that's when I found meditation. And that was the thing. That's what I say. Meditation was my magic pill because I couldn't sleep. Right. And most Mm -hmm. people I work with today, we can't sleep because we're in our head stories. And so what helped me was meditation. I would listen to meditation cassettes every night to fall asleep. And I realized 
it's the stories. It's what I'm telling myself about fear and anxiety. And what if I can't do this and should this and should that? And I discovered there's a new set of beliefs and stories you could tell yourself to reprogram your mind. And that's what led me into the holistic counseling that I do and how to find solutions and how to live your life the best you can live it. It's possible. Yeah. And so do you, does the anxiety still plague you? Do you still deal with it or has the meditation kind of just because you're in that regular cycle and regular practice of, of meditation, has it just dissipated and gone? So here's the fun part, right? Where people <laughs> give me this fix, right? Yeah. I continue to live it and speak it that it's a lifestyle. Right. If I don't do my meditation practices and my journaling, I'm a different person. That old story comes back, that old wiring per se. Yep. And so it has to be a lifestyle we choose. And so, and it has to be one that we embrace that says, this is who I am with excitement and enthusiasm. I'm with someone who loves and cherishes and needs, we can say the word need, meditation every day and quiet yeah. every day because I'm working to make this programming different than say what I was given at birth or what I was taught right. to play. So it has to be a lifestyle of health. So and as long as you keep up with that practice, you're yeah. good. The, med- the The anxiety doesn't creep in and right. yeah. I haven't had, okay. I, I've had one in all honesty, I've had one panic attack since 1989. I remember Holy it. shit. Right. One. That's one. incredible. Isn't that incredible? And for people who struggle with it for long term, I'm like, there's a way out of that struggle. Yeah. When I remember the last time I had one was in the, the grocery store and I had to just leave my shopping cart and I laughed because and I know grocery stores aren't my favorite place to be. <laughs> They're just not. Some people love it, but the grocery stores are a place where it's like, there's too much for me. You, set, you sound like my wife. My wife <laughs> hates the grocery store and hey. she suffers from severe anxiety. Yeah. Shopping online was a beautiful thing. I'm like, I can have groceries <laughs> delivered. I'm providing an income for somebody. We're all good. Yeah. And my husband yeah. was like, you were going to pay to have someone deliver groceries? I said, absolutely. He's like, that's insane. <laughs> Saves my peace of mind. <laughs> peace of mind. It's what works. Yeah. And so finding what works. And like I explained to people who say, why though? Why do I have to do meditation to solve this problem? I said, think about it. If you want to be fit and healthy, you exercise. Not once, but you create a lifestyle of it. If you want to heal your body and become strong and healthy on the inside, then you eat healthy. Yeah. Not once, but most of the time. Yeah. It's no different than training the brain to be in a healthy, sustainable, vibrant way. Well, you have a choice, right? You can either take a pill every day for the rest of your life to combat that, or you can do this and be drug-free. And there's more benefits than just the anxiety, than than not having anxiety or panic attacks. It helps you ground. It, It shifts your life. And that also affects the people around you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And from my experience of 23 years in coaching and counseling and working with people and statistics and research kind of supports this is the amount of people that succeed with medication alone is very small. There you go. Very small. I'm like, wow, over and over. But we're told a different story. We're given a different story. Like, take this pill and you're all better. And I'm seeing it and research shows that that's not true. We have to have healthy tools, create a healthy lifestyle in order for, say, that pill to do It's a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, exactly. There's got to be other factors as well 
other pieces to that puzzle. So absolutely. In your current business, you combine counseling and coaching. Why did you decide to combine both counseling and coaching in your business? Yeah, my clients. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Plain and simple. <laughs> Plain and simple. My clients were telling me, you're a coach, not a therapist. And I'm like, what the heck is a coach? <laughs> back in 2008-9-2010 when I went to a coach training program because my clients kept telling me you're a coach and I thought well I better know what the heck they're talking about <laughs> because I just did therapy the way I did therapy which was in a holistic way the reason I went into the counseling I went into is because they offered a certification program in complementary medicine and wellness which gave me that insight. Well, basically gave me that alignment with what I believed in anyway, which was let's look for solutions. And so when my clients would say, you're a coach, not a therapist. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, you don't let me sit and talk about my problems every week. I said, absolutely not. Who does that? Well, therapists do. Apparently that was the old story. Sit and talk about the problems. I had at one point asked other psychologists, therapists, like, what do you give your clients for homework? I don't give homework. What do you mean you don't give homework? No, they're not going to do it anyway. I went, excuse me? No, they come wow. in every week, talk through stuff, and then they go home. I said, you're one hour a week. A therapist, mm -hmm. one hour a week. Don't we want to give them things, tools, ways to think, how to feel, so that they start to create change in their life, the thing that they're coming for us for in the first place? And the response I was getting is, well, they're not going to do it. And I'm like, well, I have standards up here. Yeah. I expect my, my clients are coming to me because they want something different, and we're going to go for it. So here's the bar. <laughs> if you don't want that, then go somewhere else. It's okay. But I've, I've heard people talk about talk therapy and it's like, they say, you know, you go in, you sit down with your, your psychologist, your therapist, whatever, and you're just constantly bringing up the problems. That's all you're talking about is the problems. How do you get out of it? If you're always talking about the problems, right? Absolutely. You have, like it makes no sense. No sense at all. No sense at all. I started ask, and I think this just came from my own experiences. I started asking clients when they would show up to sessions, what's going well this week? And their head would kind of like, what? <laughs> what? You want to know what's going well? I said, isn't that what we're trying to get to is what's well? How do yeah. we build on that? So tell me what's going well and let's keep looking at how you created that for yourself. Yeah. Problems are the problems. We already covered it. We already yeah. know. Why talk about it every day? Or yeah, exactly. Because then you're going to just stay stuck in it. If you're constantly talking about it and in that loop, how the fuck are you going to get out of it? Exactly. So you stay stuck in it over and over. Yeah. So let's talk about what we want. Yes. Who's creating what's going well, what's fun in your life. And, and, and that's not to oh. say ignore the problems. Exactly. Right. But don't, Const like every session, yeah. I'm dealing with this this week and this and this, and stay mm -hmm. stuck in that. Forget it. You're not going anywhere. Then you're going to stay stuck in that muck, right? And you're and not going to be able to get out. Yes, and so shift into like, what do I want? What do I desire? How do yeah. I do that? That's the key. There that's what I think works, and I think that's what coaching brought. That line of thinking was is yeah. from a coaching perspective. I'm like, well, this can do this. Wow, to yeah. get to where they want to go. That's the goal. And so how long ago did you found Mind, Body, Counseling, and Coaching? That was 2017. Okay. So you're six years in, six yeah, years this year. Six years in, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's been exciting. I've heard a lot of people say that most, if not all coaches, they've gone through their shit. They've done the work. 
they've been through their journeys before making the leap into coaching. And I mean, of course, we as human beings, we all have our shit to deal with and go through. Absolutely. <laughs> but what I've found through speaking to a lot of women who are coaches that their personal struggles, their journeys were the catalyst for them stepping into coaching. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about your personal journey before making the leap into coaching? Yeah. Well, there was a transition I went through. So we had a little turbulence in my family. So I have four boys. <laughs> young ones were twins, the youngest. Yeah. So that was a little surprise that was not expected. But I always knew I wanted three kids. I don't know. It's just, you know, when something's missing and then we got a bonus, we have four amazing boys. Yeah. And I was pregnant with twins. We had a lot of issues, a lot of health issues with the twins, very rare disorder. Chances of them surviving was very slim. Wow. So there was some turbulence there just knowing like I'm growing these two babies in my body and they may not make it. So that was, that was a struggle. I had to take time off work just to rest and be in bed and then these, they made it, they were healthy, they were great. And then we're like, okay, so we have these four beautiful boys, let's buy a bigger house. We have this tiny little house. And then my husband loses his job. And so we have these four children we have to feed. We have this new home and my husband's now unemployed. And I had continued my career because I wanted to, but part-time. And I thought, well, I can go back to work. I can, we got to feed these ourselves. So let's get, <laughs> let's figure yeah. out, you know, survive yeah. a little bit. So I went to work. It was not my ideal. I wanted to be home. I wanted to be the mom that raised my children. My husband was phenomenal, but that was my job. So I felt like I had to give my job up. Not fun. And I went to work at a jail, county jail, doing mental health with inmates. And I felt depleted. I felt just exhausted. I was working full time and still being mom, just doing that thing and picking up all the pieces and giving and giving and giving and giving. And I thought, this is not working. And the breaking point was where I had experienced, well, I would say it was a level of depression that I've never had before. Never really struggled with depression, but it was this moment driving to work and it was a rainy day. Remember like it was yesterday, it was raining. I was crying another day, crying, leaving my kids. I'm like, this is horrible. And I thought this thought came into my mind. I could just leave. I could just drive away, hide out in the world, disappear into the world. Holy shit. Yeah. Like I felt these four beautiful children at home and I felt useless. I'm exhausted. I'm drained. I have nothing left to give. My husband will figure it out. He'll, He'll find a job. Like we've got family. He'll figure it out. I could just disappear. It was, that's a dark moment. Yeah. Dark, dark moment. And something nudged me and it was like a wake up, just wake up, Dawn. There's gotta be another way. That's something I've always lived with. I've always looked at possibility. There's This is now for you. There's another way. And I thought, okay, well, God, show me because I don't know. I'm out. Like I'm out, tapped out. I don't have nothing. I've got nothing. Show me because this I can't handle. This is, I'm done. And it wasn't long after that, things get blurry. So I don't know the timeline, but shortly after that, I was diagnosed with cancer. Jeez. And I thought, Really? Like, okay, God, let's have some kind of joke. Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) And my conversation was, you know, I know a lot of people get angry at God or their whoever. And I didn't get angry. I just thought, this is puzzling. I'm confused. Like, I can handle cancer. Are you sure? Okay. And there's nothing I can't handle. There's possibility behind every obstacle. I can figure this out. And so I knew I had to figure it out. And so I left the job. 
I stayed home for a couple of years and I've never not worked it's two years. And I thought, I'm not going to read a book. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to be mom and I'm going to take care of my kids and I'm going to go through this cancer treatment and figure out the journey of what that looks like because it's holistic and had a holistic doctor tell me if they offer chemo, take it because it's the best treatment for your kind of cancer. And I'm like, you're my holistic doctor. You're telling me this? Like that was yeah. not what I wanted to hear. So I made it through that journey and I found myself being drawn to still wanting to do the mindset teachings and my yoga, teach yoga and met personal development. And I thought, okay, I can do this. I can get back on track. Cause I thought, forget it. I'm not working. I'll go work in a garden. I'll go play with my, I don't need to be a therapist or a coach anymore. Like I'm done. But I felt like I was still drawn to it. And I thought, well, I meant for this then how do I do it even better and bigger than I was doing it before? Because that's what has to come out of that experience is more more possibility, more living, more joy. And so that's what evolved in me eventually starting my own business is this is how I'm going to do my work. This is how I'm going to help people get through even cancer. Wow. You know, what so. a fucking journey. And <laughs> the strength <laughs> and the resilience and the courage to, whew, I mean, dealing with the whole stress of the job and, and not wanting to be there and wanting to be home with your kids and then get hit with cancer. And I'm sure there were dark moments throughout that, but you came through it on the other side because of your outlook, your mindset. And I think that's absolutely incredible and speaks to your strength and Mm -hmm. courage and who you are as a human being. And I think that's beautifully powerful. So kudos to you for your courage and your strength. I think it's so inspirational and admirable. Don, you, you are an incredible human being. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Truly. So how have these experiences then helped shape the Dawn you are today, both personally and professionally then? Ah, yes. It's shaped me to be in the moment. I was that person who'd go, 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 and to stop and pause and take moments and breathe. I'm more aware of that, more mindful of that, more tuned into play. Go play, go have fun. If it's not serving me, if it's wearing me out, stop. Take a break. So that's huge because we've that is that hard. is mm-hmm. it it is I mean life is short we're only here for a short time really it's minute when you think about it in the grand scheme of things so oh, yes. why are why are we doing shit that we don't want to do shit that doesn't light us up and I came to that discovery last year in the late summer it's like I was thinking about a few things like why am I letting this shit take up space in my mind. Like if it doesn't set my soul on fire, if it doesn't excite me when I think about it, let it go. Fuck it. It's not, don't do it. It's not worth it. Not worth it. Do what makes you happy because you're only here for a short time. Why shouldn't you be happy as much as possible? I mean, don't get me wrong. We go through struggles and there are going to be things that we have to deal with that come up that piss us off or that stress us out or that make us unhappy and feel those feels and go through it. But don't stay there. Don't live in those feelings, right? Yes. That's Get, the journey. Yeah. We yeah. have a choice. We don't have to live in it. That's right. Stuck. We can move through it. We have to move through it. I've had clients say to me, I don't ever want to feel sad again. I said, sorry, that's not something I can help you with, <laughs> but I'll help you not stay stuck in it. Nobody has to stay stuck. We all have the ability to move through and ride the waves and then yeah. create your foundation of where you want to live. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if you stay in that mindset of always being set, you're vibrating at a lower frequency and you're going to stay there. Yeah. And we right? attract in these experiences. Exactly. Like, Why does this keep coming to me? Well, where are you at? How are you feeling? Yeah. Well, we vibrate that. We we send that that electrical impulse out. And, and that's what comes back. And that's absolutely. what comes back. Yeah. Don, what is it that sets you and the work you do apart from other coaches? Why would someone choose to work with you over another coach? I'll share with you why, based on what my clients have said to me. I've often heard that my clients say to me, I can tell you anything and I don't feel judged. I can tell you my worst thought, my worst situation, my worst experience, and you never judge me. You always share with me that I'm worthy no matter what not based on my ex. And you give me this power to move forward. You build me up and encourage in a way that they've never experienced from anybody before. And that lights me up that I can give that power to somebody else to know that they're worthy, that they can create change for themselves. I had a client say to me once she was working with a therapist, a coach, I think it was a therapist for like 10 years. And we started working together for six months. And she's like, I've lost 85 pounds. I've kept it off. It's been a year now. Kept it off. She's like, I've never, never imagined I could create lasting change for myself. And I have through the practices that we've done together. So there's powerful, powerful work. And I'm grateful for all my teachers, right? All my mentors, all my teachers, all my coaches that have helped me create what I teach, the experiences I have. And that seems that is working. And when we value ourselves. We can do amazing things. And that's what I bring to my clients is that, that you're valuable no matter. I don't care about your worst experience, your worst decision yeah. you made. That was then. Now we focus on you and you're here for a purpose and we go for it. Those worst parts of you, those messy parts, those don't define you. Not at all. Love Not it. at all. No. What, in your opinion, is one of the most important skill sets or qualities in a coach? The most important quality is coming from a heart-centered place. You have to be willing to love the mess. Mm -hmm. See it all, love it all, and look for the gold in every experience. I mean, I've had stories told to me that I couldn't even imagine people have been through. But to be able to come from this place of compassion and love to go, okay, that happened to you, it does not, like you said, it does not define you and you have a life ahead of you that you get to create. <laughs> and that's exciting. Yes. I get excited <laughs> about it and not fear of it, you know? And so I help them. And that's what's so important to be able to do that as a coach, to help them see that passion, see that excitement from a very loving place that you get to create your life. Beautiful. What is your approach to coaching when working with clients? I start where my clients are. But I always start from the thoughts. What do you tell yourself all day long? So the mind is powerful and we have thoughts all day long that create this emotional state. So really it's our emotions that lead us, but it's easier for clients to start with the thoughts. And even that's hard to do. They'll say, I don't know what I think about all day long. (laughs) That's what we're going to figure out because that's what's creating your reality. And if you're not liking your reality, we got to figure out what's story. And so when we start uncovering the stories, and we're not aware of them because they live in that subconscious yeah. place. So I educate my clients on that. Like, I want you to understand how your brain works. I don't mean you to just believe what I tell you, but understand how the brain works and how you can change those subconscious beliefs 
and choose new words that will then create a new emotional state for yourself and create the life you love. So that's the foundation of where I start with my clients. And so how would you say has your coaching style evolved since you first started out to now six years later? Oh, it's gotten more fun. Like I trust <laughs> my gut and just tuning in to my clients before it was more, you know, kind of textbook, right? Obviously working 10 hours a week, I have less experience with clients, right? When you work full time, you have a lot of client experience, but I also got to pace myself and really focus on the clients I had. I have more clients now working full time uh, along with other things I'm doing, but it's evolved in where I can trust my gut. I'll have clients come to me and I'm like, I'll have a thought and it's not a thought, it's an emotion. Like it could be anything like compassion. And guess mm -hmm. what comes up in the conversation? She's lacking compassion in her yeah. life. And so intuitively, I've never seen myself or label myself as this intuitive coach, but I'm realizing that that's a gift that I've been nurturing and it's coming out with my clients on a regular basis. And I'm like, if I just let that guide me, we create so much good in a session. It's been Beautiful. a lot of fun. What are some of the most meaningful goals that your coaching has allowed clients to actualize or bring to fruition that you've oh, seen? So good. <laughs> so <laughs> I celebrate with my clients when they tell me these things like, wow, I haven't had a panic attack and I don't know when, right? You lose track. Yeah. I don't have panic attacks anymore. Wow. I don't remember the last time I had one. Life-changing. The one client I had mentioned earlier who was obese, she had really overweight and unhealthy and very sedentary lifestyle and, and lost, released and let go of this 85 pounds and continues to move her body every day and feel healthy. And this was at a time when her husband left and she lost her job. Holy shit. Like, things are falling apart. Don, what do I do? We focus on you. There's lesson in all of this. There's a lesson in all, every experience we go through. And it's funny because after that all happened and she was able to still take care of herself and felt confident in moving forward as a single woman and finding her dream job, like, wow, this job that came along after this one was taken from me, because that's what it felt mm -hmm. like. And now I'm happy and loving my life and celebrating. It's like, yes, that's what happens when we subconsciously too let go of the things that aren't serving us. It's not easy to get into that mindset. And, you know, sometimes at the time, what seems like is the worst possible thing that could be happening to you, because we take on that victim mindset, right, yes. is actually the best possible thing that could happen for you. Mm -hmm. But it's very hard to see it when you're in it, right? Because you can't yeah. see the forest for the trees. Right. But when you're able to take a step back and step outside and look in, it's really incredible to have that mindset shift and how everything else shifts in your life. Yeah. When you're able to do that, yes. it's just incredible and beautiful. Yes. Yeah, you see that. I see that with my clients and I help them when they're stuck in this like struggle or frustration. I had a client who's does sales and she was in this like struggle conflict with her boss and this and that. And I'm like, okay, we have to step out of it. Yeah. Get yourself out of it. Yeah. And how are you showing up in this experience? And where do you need to let go? Where do you need to stop controlling? <laughs> and when she's able to do that, she's like, Don, I met my sales goal this month. I hit my six figures for the year. I'm mentoring people, sales people. <laughs> 
I was able to like appreciate and have compassion for my boss and notice where she's coming from. And so it wasn't about me. It was just where she's at. And when you can do that, like it changes the lens of how. Yeah. When you're able to let go of all that stuff, it makes room for the good shit to come in. Right. Is that you're weighing yourself down with all this bad negative stuff. There's no room for anything else to come in. So it's an incredible thing. And it's, again, it's not easy at all. It takes a lot of strength, mental strength. It takes a lot of work, but anyone can do it. Anyone. It is possible for everyone. Yes, absolutely. And just like exercising can be looked at as hard and eating healthy is hard. And when we can shift that perspective even and say, you know what? I want this. Yeah. I want to have a healthy lifestyle. I want to have a positive mindset. And we remove the label of this is hard and this is so difficult and just go, I'm strong enough. I'm strong enough to to do the work I want to do to have the best life I want. What are three of the most important lessons that you've learned in your career as a coach? Three important lessons. Yes. Compassion mm-hmm. <laughs> for myself and others. Pausing, taking a breath. The world doesn't fall apart if you need a day of rest. You know, so pause and have fun. Have fun. Nobody ever regrets not having enough, you know, people regret (laughs) not having enough fun. Nobody regrets having too much fun, right? Like (laughs) laugh a little, enjoy the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your program that you've created called The Image Shift, where you help women get unstuck from limiting beliefs and rewire their brains for success. Can you speak a little bit about and share a little bit about the program? Yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful, it's a seven-month journey, and it's through the energy centers in the body. So it's a journey through the chakras, because each energy center has meaning and thoughts connected to it and emotional states connected to it. And like, for example, the root chakra, the root energy is about our foundation, our well-being of, of, do I have my basic needs met? So we kind of journey through all those stages and get to this place of enlightenment, empowerment and creativity. And so we go through this journey and take a look at, we take a look at what's out of balance and what do we want to balance? What do we want to bring into our life? And so I tend to work with women who are very successful in their life, their work. I've got the marriage. I've got the kids. I've got the house. I've got the job. I'm unhappy. Mm. What's missing? Something's missing. And I don't know what it is. And so we go through that journey of this. These things are wonderful, but happiness comes from in here. And it's such a shift, like we have to believe in ourselves and build this happiness within us, regardless of all the things out here. It's like, we have to flip it. You know, these things are great. They enhance us, but they're, they don't define us. And so really learning the tools to like, to find that self love, self worth, regardless of what's these things are that I've earned throughout this life. Yeah. I mean, we are self is the foundation for everything. It all starts here within us. And, you know, the relationship that we have with ourselves is hands down the most important and longest lasting relationship we'll ever have in this lifetime. So you have to start there. And then it just ripples out from there. So obviously, this is part of dealing with mindset and shifting the mindset. And so can you speak to how important a part mindset played in helping you that shift through your struggles and how important a part it plays in our daily routines and for our successes? Yes. 
So shifting out of that place of just even from the experience I had with cancer and the place I was at and feeling unworthy and depleted. And I knew that I didn't have to take that job, right? I acted and took the full-time job from a place of fear, focusing from this place of fear. Of course, there was some legitimate fear that people might say, well, Don, of course you were in fear. Your husband lost his job. You have four mouths to feed and you have a house to pay for. Of course, you have to do something drastic. Sure. But when you stay in that place of fear, guess what we create? More fear, yeah. more pain, more suffering. And so shifting into this place of, oh, I have kind of two buckets to draw from fear, lack, stress, victim, or from love, compassion, joy, excitement. And so when I started drawing from that bucket, life changes. You're more compassionate. You have more fun. You can put things into perspective. And it's a practice, practice. And that's goes in line with the things I teach with yoga and my intense sati practice. It's, it's all a practice of shifting the mind because we don't always realize what we've been taught, like pre-birth and birth and the people that have influenced us, whether it's our parents or other adults, we're inputting everything. We're just absorbing everything they've taught us. But we don't realize we have a choice until we're older. Like, I don't need that. I don't, that I don't but need even that. then, sometimes people don't realize they have a choice. They don't. It takes a long time. Some people live forever not even realizing. Yeah. It. See, this but is like you said, it's a constant practice. You have to do it every day to get into that routine, yeah. right? It, it takes work. Everything. I mean, as they say, nothing worth having doesn't come without a fight, right? Or come without work. You have to put in the work to get there. And yeah. if you're not willing, as we've said repeatedly through the conversation, you're going to stay stuck where you are. Yes. And then you have to decide, is this, because some people will decide, well, I'm comfortable here and this yeah. is okay. I had a client once who said, wow, if I keep doing this work, I might realize I'm not happy in my marriage and I might not <laughs> want to be married to this person. I said, yeah, you're right. You might realize that. And so facing those realities, like maybe this is part of like, I've been staying in this relationship because it's comfortable. It's not really serving me or that other person. And guess what happens when we come to that realization? We have to make big decisions. Yes. Big, hard decisions. Hard decisions. And so the stronger you are and the clearer you are and who you are, those decisions get a little bit less scary. Yeah. I want to keep on this mindset thing for a minute here and business and struggles that go along with all of it. And often we see and hear from experts like yourself who've overcome adversity and transformed through the pain to discover their purpose, which is amazing and powerful and beautiful. I would love to hear from you with all that you've gone through and come out the other side. What are some of the struggles and things that you still face today around mindset, imposter syndrome, things like that? Because just because we've come through struggles and we've come out the other side doesn't mean that we still don't struggle. Right. It, it, the struggles don't end. They're going to be there. You're going to, yeah, you've done the work. You've gone down in the trenches, but there's different things that come up. You still struggle from time to time. So can you share a little bit about that and maybe some of the things that you still struggle with and how you deal with them now, as opposed to how you used to deal with them previously? Yeah. So I, again, I was the giver, right? I'm the helper. So I would give and wear myself out and doesn't mean I don't do that today, but because again, we're human. So we ride these little waves. The goal is we get up quicker. We realize quicker and we get back up, you know, to our foundation quicker. And yes, there's, again, I still have four boys, a couple of them, are in college, <laughs> but two teenagers and two college kids. So yeah, 
family to raise that there's mornings I'm tired and I don't get up at 5 a.m. and do my meditation. I do it later or I do my meditation when I'm walking. And, and so the key is not to beat yourself up, right? When you don't stay on track, it's compassion and rolling with life. And again, so there's the compassion part in staying in, in the flow, like nothing's a hundred percent, right? I remember right. this one teacher I follow, Chris Carr, she writes books about cancer and all that. And someone had asked her like, do you never have a cup of wine? Do you never have a piece of pizza anymore? And she's like, <laughs> of course I do. Of course I have a piece of pizza once in a while and a glass of wine. You know, nothing's 100%, but we don't live on wine and she doesn't live on wine anymore. You find the joys in life. And so yeah. when I have a glass of wine or I'm eating that piece of chocolate, I'm enjoying it. There's no yeah. self-abuse like, I shouldn't be having this. Shouldn't be, you know. No, you enjoy it. You make conscious decisions. And so that's a practice for me. And right now I'm working on a dairy-free diet. I have, again, my health is... You know, lymphoma is considered a blood cancer, which they say, the medical field says. <laughs> they say. So I don't always agree with their beliefs and statistics. I've read a lot of things about miracles and cures and, and how we can heal our body. So right now I'm journeying through going dairy-free. Dairy can contributes to congestion. Cheese is one thing I've never wanted to give up. <laughs> well, let's take a look at this could be, a, this could be beneficial to my health. Let's give up some cheese. Is yeah. That, what's more important, right? Your health yeah. or the cheese? Right. Exactly. <laughs> How do I feel? I'm not feeling great. Why don't I, you know, in cancer treatment, you know, along with cancer treatment came menopause and right. all the side effects. And I'm like, what the hell, you know, new, new phase in my life. So I have to readjust. Say, okay. What's the next step? What's my next best step? Mm -hmm. And that's what we do is look at the next best step for where we're at today. Keep moving forward. Don't go back. And so it's those little conscious decisions yeah. forward. What is one tip or takeaway that you could provide that listeners can immediately implement to start reconditioning or rewiring their minds for the success they want? Yeah. I'll give them one simple, simple little tool that I was, again, Sometimes I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised, heartbreakingly surprised on certain things I teach that people are like, I've never done that before, Don. And one thing I've taught when I do my lives on Instagram or Facebook, and I have people reach their arms out, give themselves a hug and say, I love and accept myself. I'm worthy. And I've had people say, I have never hugged myself. I've never told myself I'm worthy. I've never said to myself, I love you. You're amazing just because. And that blows my mind again in a good way, but in a heartbreaking way, like never, never. No one's ever said, you're awesome. Give yourself a hug. <laughs> yourself. Like to me, that's a huge, just simple, simple thing to do yeah. that can create the little shifts. And if it's uncomfortable, be in the uncomfortableness of it until it gets comfortable. Love yourself. You're worthy. You matter. No matter what you've done in the past, no matter what people have done to you, it doesn't matter. Today's a new day and you choose to love yourself today and every day forward and things Beautiful. begin to evolve. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Don, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Mm, seeing possibility. There's always every obstacle provides a possibility for success and being able to guide my clients through it when they say, oh my God, I didn't see it that way. Wow, I didn't see it that way. I know. 
Because, <laughs> no, we'll stay stuck. Here's the brick wall. Yeah. I can't see my way around it. <laughs> and I help them see their way around that obstacle. There's possibility on the other end. There's something to learn. This this isn't happening to you. This yeah. is happening for you to grow and to thrive and to live that vibrant life that you're meant to live. Now, speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Ooh. Success means it feels like ease. Success feels like I can breathe and go, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing my best here on planet Earth. I'm doing what I'm meant to do. Because success doesn't mean things are easy. Success doesn't always mean what's in the bank account. Success does not mean so many things. But what it means is I know I'm on the right course. I know I'm making an, a positive impact. And I know, I just know. <laughs> you just have this knowing. It's the knowing. <laughs> knowing. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? Unexpected. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is are my boys. There's never a guarantee you can have a family that you dream to have. And then twins, like that journey was fun. I had two boys, not a problem. Then I had two miscarriages and then I had twins. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Well, craziness. My children like that. I birthed human beings. I know we take it for granted. We multiply in this world all the time. But if we pause and thought about that, like that's huge. That's an incredible miracle. That's an incredible miracle. And the ability for me to stay my course, like believe in what I believe in. I love my husband dearly, but we're not always on the same page when it comes to beliefs or mindset. Like I introduced him to Esther Hicks, Law of Attraction, and he's like, I don't think I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Chet, I was hoping we could have some really deep conversation here. But that's okay. I love you for other reasons. Yeah. But the fact that I believe in what I believe in and I say the course, even when people are like, Don, that's crazy, or Don, I don't agree. I'm like, I'm grateful for my passion and my commitment to live yeah. the truth. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Oh, wow. Let's go back to panic attacks. That freshman year in college, I put myself through college. My parents were blue collar workers. My mom didn't work. She had babies. I, mean, I was born in 71. She got married at 18, had babies. My dad worked. And I was told, if you want to go to college, figure that out because we didn't really know what that is or get a job. I created my life for myself and I didn't understand it before, right? Like I'm just, just this is what I do. But I hear so many people say, I can't go to college, I don't have the money. And there's a whole conversation around formal education and not formal education, which we won't go there. But that's a whole other episode. A whole other episode. <laughs> but I'll ask, what do you want to do? Well, I want to do this. And it takes a degree. Find a way. I found a way. You make so it happen. If you want it bad enough, you'll do what it takes. You do what it takes. And I realized that I had that insight to see that I, wow, I did that. I did what it, and I continue then to keep that at the forefront. I do what it takes. If I want yeah. something, I'll do what it takes to get there. Love it. You know? Well, look, I mean, look at your whole life, deal, yeah. getting through cancer, leaving the job that was soul sucking and yeah. you've done it repeatedly. Yeah. You've, you've shown who you are. You've shown who, what kind of a human being you are, your character. It speaks volumes as to who you are as a human being, yeah. strength, resilience, and courage. Yeah. You should be very proud. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Taking those moments to realize it. Like, oh, <laughs> good. What good. does the word empowerment mean to you? Mm, empowerment. I love that word. I love that word because it means like inner power, inner power, power. Sometimes people think of as this force, 
right? This like, I'm going to force this, my strength onto somebody else in a mind, but whatever strength, but empowerment means like it's coming from my inside of whatever I made for what I meant for is going to shine out. And for me, that's what empowerment means. And then we have this ability to share that gift with the world. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Ah, oh, strong. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Oh, peace and ease. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Oh, love yourself. Value yourself. Live beyond limits. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? I raised good boys. What is your favorite self-care practice? Oh, meditation. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> what is the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is good. I want everybody to hear this. So I was in therapy. I've been, you know, I have my coach's therapist journey. I always have someone I'm working with because we never stop learning. And I remember a time when my therapist told me, you know, you have to confront your mother on these issues from the past. You have to, you have to go talk to her. You have to, f I'm like, I don't, and I knew again, intuition, knowing that's not going to go well. And it's not that I predicted it wasn't going, going to go well. So here's the foresight I had is that my mom wasn't ready to hear it. Yeah. But I believed and listened to my co coach and I confronted my mother and she thought I was wacky. She's like, I don't believe that's like, it didn't go well. And I realized, I know. I know. And so when my clients come to me and they'll say, should I confront this person on this thing? Should I? I said, you have to know where you're at and you have to have some insight on where they're at or it may yeah. not go well. Someone has to be willing to have that conversation with you and see a perspective that you have. Otherwise, you set yourself up for failure. So that was the worst thing I, I was told. Okay. So I'm curious then. Yeah. So you knew in your being that it wasn't going to go well and you just shouldn't do it. You did it. So in a situation like that, if the relationship, and for me, I'm of the mindset that it doesn't matter who that person is, if they're family, blood, whatever. If the relationship is not reciprocal where we're both benefiting from it, see you later. Like right. there's no, I don't want that in my life, whether you're blood or not. Yeah. I think that we get stuck in this mindset where we think that just because someone is blood related to us, you have to, have to, right. have to have a relationship with them. You don't. Right. So. Absolutely. With these kinds of things that you just mentioned, maybe it's just easier to just stay away from it, walk away from it. If you're not getting something out of that relationship, like you and your mother, if that relationship isn't serving you and you didn't talk to her, would you have just stayed away? And like, I don't know what your story is with your mom, but isn't it better if you're, if you're not going to confront them and you don't think it will go well, or you know, it won't go well, then just stay away from them. Right. Just cut them off. Yeah. Right. But so many people have such a hard time doing that. They do. They struggle. People feel so obligated. Yeah. They're the people in their circle when it's the circle is from past pains, yeah. past commitments. It does. That's past. And it doesn't matter if you're blood or not. If they're abusive to you, if they don't treat you well, if there's not a reciprocal lifting up, yeah. why stay? Why exactly. stay? Oh, it's my mom. Oh, it's my sister. Oh, it's and 
And, and, and. Right. That label (laughs) doesn't serve either of you because, again, you might be tolerating their behavior, but then you're allowing them to not be in their full potential either. So it's really not okay. Again, it's not about you either. Right. Right. And that's the other piece of it, right? So I was just curious your thoughts on that. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I'm pretty blunt when I talk to clients about that. It's my, huh? And are you happy there? Are you drained? Are you like, it's an angry, why live in pain when you have choice? Again, it speaks to life is short. Why are you going to stay stuck in that shitty relationship or shitty energy? Right. It doesn't serve either of you. But most importantly, it doesn't serve you. No, and the people around you because yeah. they feel it and they suffer from it too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're both in that low energy and choice is a huge word. Many people are like, I have a choice. Yeah. How many people <laughs> have talked to me about their cell phones and texting and I got to an answer. Why? Well, because they texted me five times and <laughs> you have a choice on how you respond. If you respond to people. Yeah. Oh, take your power back. Our power. For back. sure. Mm-hmm. Don, how do you celebrate your wins? I take vacations. Right. <laughs> That's a great way to celebrate. I did my work with a coach through that where it's like one thing and the next thing and the next thing is like, Don, do you stop and celebrate your wins? And I'm like, but you got to keep going. No, take a pause. That's societal conditioning. We it don't, we don't as human beings. No, we don't. Go on to the next, go on to the next, go on to the yeah. next. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm just still on that little hamster, hamster wheel. wheel. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So taking those vacations, taking a break. I love to travel. I love to explore. So we, you know, we just started going on spring break with the kids a couple years ago. We usually didn't go anywhere on spring break. We have a summer trip planned, travel with nice. the kids. That fills my soul. Yeah. Yeah. What is one thing you love about yourself that is not related to your physical appearance? One thing I love about myself, not related to my physical appearance, feeling people, like feeling where people are at, celebrating people, feeling when people are feeling excited and happy and and also feeling when they're low and able to bring them up. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, I think it would be Marianne Williamson. She's bold. She speaks (laughs) she's powerful she was here in michigan for a while at a unity church and i would go it was a drive from our house but i'd go listen to her live in person she ran for president i remember i don't watch the news but i remember we were at a hotel and she was on and there was a news clip and she's like oh there was it wasn't her it was the newscaster saying something about oh the hippie wannabe running for president i'm like they only knew what she was capable of. Yeah. The stigma. But I'm like, she is so, but because that's still a stigma and she's not afraid to stand up and just speak her truth and be this powerful woman that says it like it is. She was also interviewed once on a Christian station years ago, years ago. They invited her on to do a talk. I was cheering for her. (laughs) They invited her on and they'd ask her questions and then they wouldn't let her answer. They kept interrupting her. And she said, you know what? This interview's done. I'm leaving. And they're like, but, but you, they're like, you you don't want to hear what I have to say. You're not letting so me see you later. <laughs> I'm like, you go like powerful woman. That is yeah. beautiful. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Don't care about what other people think. 
care less about what other people think about you. And they think less than you realize they think, right? Like people, yeah. we think people are thinking and watching and really they're not, they're in their own head. Like it doesn't matter what other people think. Lastly, Don, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Ah, if anything, if you have one thing you can do for yourself, love yourself, like truly love yourself. Look yourself in the mirror as painful as most people tell me that is look yourself in the mirror, look yourself in the eyeballs and say, I love you. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You matter. Because when we break that shell of judgment and criticism, we actually can create, we move mountains. And I know love seems sometimes cliche, but that is a well of power that we don't even understand yet. And when you can dive deep into that, we, again, we move mountains, we make great change and we can create a world beyond what we realize. Beautifully said. Love is the highest vibration, the most powerful emotion there is in this world. And we need more of it we need now so more than ever. More than ever. Mm-hmm. There's no space or place for hate and anger and all of that shit. We've yeah. got to step into that higher vibration of love and love each other. Yes. That's what we're all here for is yeah. to support, lift, cheer, help, and love each other. That's it. And if we love ourselves first, we'll stop spewing all our self-hate onto others. There you go. Love yourself and then you can love others so much bigger. Beautifully said, Don. Don, thank you so much for this incredibly beautiful, inspirational conversation. You are a true, amazing, courageous, inspirational woman. I applaud all that you are. Keep shining your bright, beautiful light out into the world through all the beautiful work you do. You're an amazingly inspirational human being, woman, and soul. I am so grateful to be connected to you and to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Thank you for your time today and for this beautiful conversation. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I'm so excited. This conversation has been so, <laughs> I learned so much. I, I'm so grateful to know you and to be here. Thank you, Don. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Don Gaden. She is the CEO of Mind, Body, Counseling, and Coaching. She's an international speaker, a counselor, and a best-selling author. Thank you so much, Don. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.